Thank you for joining us on the Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching on Sunday mornings by giving you an opportunity to ask questions and to continue to interact with the text through this podcast. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to Anchor Conversations. Welcome back. Just Jason and me, Tyler, today. We uh, we don't have Chris with us, so but thanks for joining us. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good. I was actually going to see how long I could wait there to make it seem really awkward for you just to continue the awkward theme. Uh, that, that two seconds there felt like about 35 seconds to me when I didn't say anything. So uh, <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's just me and you. Um and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I'm looking forward to talking about the second the second sermon here in our in our Advent series. And I know you have this question burning. Um, I still have not watched The Grinch, and I still do not plan on watching The Grinch. Mm. So, mm. Well, I watched it the other day with with my kids. We watched the we we watched the cartoon. So there's like the the there's I think that they have like a a recent cartoon called The Grinch. Um, and then they have like the Jim Carrey version and then they have the older one and we always watch the older one. That we recent just... cartoon is an abomination. Is it bad? I haven't, I don't think I've seen it. It's not I good. mean, I've never watched it all the way through cause I can't stand it, but my kids have watched it and it is really bad. Hmm. Well, you know, sometimes you can't win them all, but I, I would say, I would say on the original one, um, yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's you know, it's a half an hour. It's not long. There's some singing going on in there. It follows really closely to the book. So, I don't know if you ever read the the children's book, Tyler, but we I always read that as a kid, and the the cartoon kind of really follows along pretty well. So, I would I would recommend it. I would say you should go for it. Go watch that original one. I think it's good. And if so what's and what's if you're better, listening to this, the movie or the book? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, I probably the book. I mean, the book's a the book's a classic, but the they, book's but always better. Yeah, it, the book is always better, but it's it's almost verbatim, and it's and the and the animation is the same. So it you know they do a really good job with it. But I would uh, I would recommend that one. I feel like uh, I feel like if if you are listening to this, and you have a Christmas movie you'd like to recommend to Tyler on Sunday, just go up to him and just give him your recommendation and why he should watch that on Christmas Eve. That's kind of You're, what I think we should do at this point. You are welcome to do that. Just know the likelihood of me watching it is almost zero. And I'm not going to fake it for you because I don't know how to do that. So. It's, yeah, but <laughs> it's it's less about, I mean, listen, let's let's just between us. Well, Tyler doesn't have to hear this, everybody. But if if you come up to him and just start talking about it, it's not so much about him actually watching the movie it's more about the fact that you're talking to him about the christmas movies and you kind of know that he doesn't really want that to be the case and so i just say go for it i think i think this would be a fun exercise i think it'd be really great so do that on sunday see let's let's just see uh how many christmas movies we can recommend to him. hey the more conversations the merrier i'm not afraid of that that's great because i'll quickly move it on past that to something <laughs> else <laughs> perfect um, so all right. So this week you uh, you preach from Matthew 6, 5 through 15 in the Advent series, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I had to catch up with that on the podcast because I was serving in kids ministry, which let me give a shout out for that um, because I was in there with the the little ones 
and it was a blast. If you don't serve in kids, which I don't normally because I have, you know, usually I'm doing something up front, whether, you know, it's preaching or communion or, you know, soundboard or visuals or whatever. So I don't typically serve in there. Uh, I got to serve in there with Betsy and Clarissa. So shout out to them. And it was like legitimately so much fun. The We had three, uh, four little boys in there and they were a blast. So if you're not serving, you are seriously missing out. It was amazing. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. And, and definitely shout out to all of you that have been serving for a long time. I know that that's a, it's, I know it's a joy. Um, Tiffany serves in there. Um, I think she's in the little, little kids. Um, and, uh, she looks forward to it every, every single month. So, so, um, yeah, we, we always need help in there. So if you want to, if you want to jump in and have some fun with kids, be great. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Particularly guys, uh, Betsy made that comment that it's, it's really helpful to have a dad in there or a guy in there. Cause the, the kids just love to, you know, play cars or trains or whatever with you. And and that's all we did. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, cool. watch the anyway, grateful. I'm not gonna watch the Grinch. Uh, grateful for the the podcast so I could catch up on the sermon. Uh, your big idea was, do you desire his kingdom? Right? Did I pick that up right as I was listening to it? I was taking notes, but uh, it sounded like he added to that as well. But was it just that? Do you desire his kingdom? Yeah. And and the reason Tyler doesn't have this one, just to make, I want to make sure everybody knows. Tyler was listening to this today, which is Monday. He wasn't able to be there yesterday. It got posted today. And so he was listening to it at work between all the tasks he was doing. So he didn't, he wasn't sitting down. So that's why this is the question. So, um, uh, so shout out to you for multitasking and getting this, getting this done. We're doing this Monday night, by the way, this week, because this is a really busy week. Um, so we're, we're trying to get this done. Um, no, it was, it was, do you desire, um, um, his kingdom over this kingdom over this? Kingdom. So are, are you, are you desiring his kingdom the, like the, the, for his kingdom to come more than you're desiring this kingdom? That's, that was kind of the, the gist of it there. Okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Sorry. You know what they say when you're multitasking is you're not doing either tasks. So that's evident for me, <laughs> <laughs> but I tried. Um, no, no, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so let's have a good uh, conversation here about, you know, the kingdom of God. And um, really what I'd like to do uh, in, in the little bit of time that we have is get really practical with that, because the concept or the idea of the kingdom of God and, and even our desire for it or lack thereof, um, you know, to pray your kingdom come, all of that stuff, I think for a lot of us, and, and I'll say for myself in particular, can be really um, kind of, it feels, it feels like an idea that I don't really know what that means, or, you know, it's, it just feels hard to get your hands around uh, super intangible and just mystical. And what does that mean? Part of that is because it is um, there is a mystery to that. Um, but it's not, it's not so much a mystery that we can't um, understand it and live it out today. So that's what I hope to do is kind of put some practicals to that. Um, so let's just start with this idea of desiring his kingdom. Um, and how do we create more desire for the kingdom of God? How, I mean, obviously we're dependent on the Holy spirit to do that, but he uses, um, our, our lives, you know, the different disciplines we're doing, the different things we're doing to bring about that desire. So how can we create more desire for the kingdom? Hmm. 
I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of ways um, that I think come to mind, but I think that they all kind of fall under one. Well, I, sh I shouldn't say, I think a lot of them fall under one kind of big umbrella. Um, and that is um, we want to create in, a, in ourselves as we're spending time, you know, with one another, as we're spending time at church, as we're spending time within our devotional life and prayer as we're pondering who God is, as we're thinking about all these things, we want to continually create in in, in us uh, a, a desire for a future hope that exists outside of this reality. So we, we you know, in, in a lot of ways, if we were to get really, I guess, uh, philosophical and how we're thinking about these things, we are kind of like as Christians, we we would be considered something like <clears throat> metaphysical dualists, meaning. We believe in we believe in two separate realities that are coexisting. Um, you know that are both that definitely are. Um, they have physical qualities, and they but it, it extends beyond those things. There's a spiritual realm, and there's a, a physical realm, and we have a, a realm where God exists, and and we have this realm that we can see. And we what we want to do is we want to create more of a desire and an understanding for uh, about the future hope that we have, the hope that Peter says is kept in heaven for us. Because I think that as we, as we have a desire for that kingdom um, and, and really for that kingdom to continually break into this kingdom um, through, through our own evangelism and through the gospel as we, as it goes forward, I think, I think we, we're going to be able to, to have a, have a hope that is um, existent, not, not just simply based upon on my day to day or or what happens here you know on a roller coaster of emotions in life but it exists outside of this place and the more we recognize that there is already a hope for us it's like this this already existent thing for us P again go back to peter we we went through the um the the book of peter if you're with us first peter um that hope is unfading it is it is undefiled. It's kept in heaven for us. We have this future hope that we look forward to. And as we think about the kingdom of God coming and breaking into this world, and as we think about just even praying like, Lord, your kingdom come, what we're really doing is we're saying we want this world and what it is to pass away because what we want is your kingdom, you. We want, we want more of you. And the more we get of you, the more hope we see and the more hope that we can experience, the more hope that we have. So those of you that are going through difficulties and struggles in life, which I think is most of us, are, you know, we want to grow in the fact that our hope isn't isn't current. You know, it doesn't exist within whether my day is filled with really joy-filled things or, and it falls if my 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 life today is filled with hard things. My hope doesn't rise or fall with that. My emotions can. So like my my sadness for today can be affected or my happiness, you know, in for today, like I'm, I'm genuinely just happy today because man, these things are good or I'm sad. Those things are definitely affected because we're human beings, but our hope should be in a future kingdom and the King that we just talked about in the gospel of Mark. I mean, this, the whole gospel of Mark was about him. And so I think that as we spend our time, you know, in our huddle groups or our community groups, or in your quiet times, or even just over coffee with somebody, you know, as we think about praying for things, you know, praying for that specific aspect of, of the Lord's prayer, 
your kingdom come, that that should be a part of our regular understanding of, hey, what is it, what does that mean? It means it means that there is this salvation that's on its way. There is this judgment that's on its way, but wrapped up into all of that is that there is this hope that is undefiled for me. And, and I just want to experience more and more of that here. So that, that I think that it, it kind of, Tyler, it falls kind of underneath that larger, maybe umbrella. Yeah. So Psalm uh, 34 uh, verse eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think that one of the ways that we create more desire for his kingdom uh, is simply tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Um, it, it It is like a little bit like our, our appetites where, like I've shared this before, that I, I try not to have sugar other than on, on Sundays. And um, when I do have sugar on Sundays, it, it almost, uh, it, it creates this appetite for sugar to where Monday is really hard <laughs> to not have sugar because you taste, you go, man, this is so good. Um, I want more of it. And I think that that's, you know, why the psalmist is encouraging us lean in to who the Lord is, lean in and know him better and walk with him. And it'll create more and more of a desire both to walk with him, but also th this idea of his kingdom, his reality to, to know it and see it known in your life. Um, and so I think, you know, if we want to create more of a desire for the kingdom, we got to get to know the king. We've got to lean in. And the more that we know him, you start to find, man, there is nothing like him. There is no one like him. And, you know, the other kingdoms of this world, man, they just, they taste like garbage compared to the kingdom. Um, so I, I think the more that we walk with Jesus, the more that we get to know him, the more that we walk out his kingdom. So, you know, justice and uh, love and care for neighbor and even care for others in the church, because the kingdom of God is not just about you and Jesus on the clouds. It's about the people of God together, the bride um, becoming one. So the more that you love the body and walk with the body, the more that you will get a taste for the kingdom to go, man, I just want the reality of who God is and his lordship everywhere in my life because I, I taste that it's good. Um, and, and I want more of it. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you, you know, you went to, we went to a Psalm. There's plenty of Psalms. If you don't read the Psalms, I think the Psalms give us a, give us a hunger for, for that future hope and the reality of what that, what that means. Um, you know, so, so, you know, Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand. There are you know, pleasures forevermore. Just realizing like, I, I want to experience that or, you know, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. You know, um, just these, this reality that I want to, I want to experience something about God and I want to, I can't wait to experience that, but, but I can experience some of that here through hope. And what I said on Sunday, you know, was the, was the church is the way really that we, we see the kingdom expanding. We don't bring the kingdom. Like, it's not like we can just summon the kingdom down here. Um, God, you know, God sent the kingdom in Jesus so that the light of the kingdom came in him and broke into the darkness. We just carry the torch. So we're, we're carrying that torch of Jesus around. And as we, you know, as we are hopefully existing in, in ways of the church. We're not perfect. You know, we're going to, we're going to fail. We're going to do things poorly. We're going to, 
you know, we're, we're not going to be a perfect representation. We can't be because we're all sinful and we all have our own desires. But I think as we continue to move it forward through evangelism, through, you know, works of, um, you know, like serving, serving one another or, um, serving, serving those in need or, you know, continually growing in, in, you know, our, how, how we reach people with the gospel. Um, those are glimpses of the kingdom coming and, and they, they do expand the kingdom and, and the kingdom's reach. And so, you know, I, I just think continually, like you said, but continually working to have a, a fuller understanding of what that is. Yeah, that's good. So, Again, this idea of the kingdom and, you know, our desire for it can be just a little bit hard to wrap our, our hands around. So what are some practical markers? If if I'm wondering, you know, I don't really know if I'm desiring the kingdom or not. That's hard for me to to say. I don't even really know what that means. Like, um, what are some practical markers that kind of show that we do desire the kingdom to come in our lives. And, and this would be individually. We'll talk about the church in a minute, but individually, if I'm someone who's going, okay, I'm trying to know, do I desire the kingdom? Do I not? Well, what, what are some markers for someone who, who is desiring the kingdom to come in their own lives individually? Uh, a few come to mind. Um, do, do, so this quite, you can ask this question of yourself. Do I view my life? as two realities my church and god life and then my regular everyday life is that is that a reality for you so i go about my day um and i'm just doing my thing i just get all the stuff done there's a time for the lord and that's on a sunday morning um perhaps at a huddle group the rest of the week is mine and and you would never say that because it sounds ungodly but that's functionally how you live you don't really god's not really a part of you throughout the, the week, except for when you've set aside time for church or huddle group or something like that. Um, or even, I mean, honestly, even a, even a quiet time, like quiet time, this, this half an hour in the morning is the Lord's, the rest of the day is mine. I think that's just a, that's just a diagnostic to say, maybe, maybe in a lot of ways, you're, you're this kingdom focused most of the time because there, there shouldn't be a divide in, in our, and there often is, and I'm guilty of this as well. So this is, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me as well. Um, there, we, we can be kind of guilty of having a, this sacred, it's called like a sacred secular divide that part of my life is the Lord's, but then I partition it off. And part of it is just to live for this world. I think that's a, maybe that's an example that we, we aren't desiring the kingdom to come here because we're, we're just, we're not focusing all the time on his kingdom where, where we've separated it out. Um, I think what kind of going back to what I said before, that'd be one second one would be, um, it, does your joy rise and fall and your hope rise or fall with how you're doing? Um, or, or is your hope, is it kept in heaven? Is it undefiled? Is it like, look, I, I life is so hard, but man, I'm trusting the Lord because I know he has me and I'm going to, you know, I'm struggling through and I'm bumbling through and there's, there's moments in my day where I'm struggling to trust the Lord, but I'm doing it because I know my hopes in him and my joy isn't going to be touched with that. You know, there's a lot of people that I've known over the years who have had chronic health issues and, and you just realize their lives are hard. Um, some of, some of them are in this, in the church, um, now at just their joy seems untouched. And I think that those people I'd be like, man, they're, they have the kingdom rolling 
um, in their in their own hearts and minds. How's your evangelism and reaching the lost and your neighbors? How's your desire to care for orphans and widows? Um, you know, how, what does that look like? Um, because I think that those are things that God's God does. You know, He He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He, you know, He um, gives the you know gives the barren woman a home. Like the, like those kinds of things. I think just are markers of of what it means to to have this kingdom mindset. If you just read through, and I I referenced it. I, I read some. Um, I mean, the, I referenced the fact that we are we're in, you know this ver this passage of scripture, the Lord's prayer, is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, it really does flip a lot of things upside down. Jesus, Jesus took all the Old Testament realities and the law and all that stuff, and he doubled down on all of it. So he he's not, that's what the Sermon on the Mount is. If you want to boil it down, Jesus takes essentially what the the the, the law was given to the old, the the old Jewish people in the Old Testament, Israel. And he takes all of it and he pulls, he essentially pulls out all the legalism parts of it and he hits the heart really hard and he doubles down on it. So it's not just adultery if you sleep with somebody else. It's adultery if you um, look at somebody with lust in your heart. It's not, it's not just murder if you, if you actually take a knife and stab somebody in the heart. It's murder if you're angry with them. Um, you know, giving is not about um, how much we give is, is not about looking great on the outside. It's about doing it in silence and quiet because we don't want people to know that that hits heart issues. Even the, even the sermon on the Mount, don't pray, you know, to make everybody look at you. We want to do that quietly. We could, you could go through and talk about issues of, of justice and issues of, um, you know, proclamation and issues of being a city on the hill and, and salt of the, you know, that we don't want the, you know, salt to lose its saltiness. And I mean, there is so much there that he's just poking at that. I think that, that are things that we can look at and say, is, is these, these are diagnostics for us. How are we doing here? And it doesn't mean it saves us. It means that it just, it's a diagnostic for how much of the kingdom am I seeing and how much of the kingdom am I, am I desiring? And I'm, I'm, I'll be the first one, everybody. Like I am, I don't have it wired. And let me just say this one more time. I, I try and say this as much as I can. I speak for the, all of the elders and pastors at the church. If, if there's a pedestal we're on, knock it down because we we're going to like, we will fail you. We don't mean to, but we will, because the, we are just, we are people like you. We're fellow servants in the church. We've been given a platform to, to, to talk and to help us understand the Bible and to lead. But, but we're just like you. So it, like when I look at the Sermon on the Mount, I look a lot of times I'll look at it and go, oh man, I am not, I am not following this, you know, as well as I, I Lord help me here because I want to make sure I'm doing this. So even me, like, as I'm thinking about this question, I mean, these are questions for me because I recognize that I have to grow as well. Um, so those are, those would be some answers that I, I'd give Tyler um, as we're thinking through this. Yeah, I'll add, I'll add a couple, you know, places to that you can look as you're trying to maybe discern some of those practical markers um not not to make this overly black and white and and, I, and make this like a legalistic thing um, but there are some places in the bible where you kind of have this the uh you know the kingdom uh this kingdom differentiation happening and i think those those are good places to go and just ask like how does my life line up with some of these things so matthew 25 would be one of them um, you have this idea of, uh, in verse 32, all the nations are gathered before the Lord. So all the kingdoms, 
and then he separates out the people who are this kingdom minded from the kingdom minded. And, you know, that's one list. Um, and that really has to do with a lot of, you know, care for the, the, the least of these. Um, and the kingdom minded people are those that are, you know, uh, being selfless with, with their lives to give to others who are in need. You have other lists that are more like focused on moral uh, things, you know, you, and I think you referenced revelation 22, um, uh, maybe even in passing, maybe not directly in your sermon, but this idea of the, the spirit and the bride saying, come and anyone who hears say, come this desire for the kingdom of God to come. And right before that is he's talking about the kingdom of God coming. You have this kind, this kingdom minded people on the outside. And they're the, it says the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. You know, you have the put off and put on passages uh, in, in Ephesians and Colossians. Um, I think any of those are just helpful and not to, again, make it like a, a formula that you go, okay, I'm checking all the right boxes or whatever, but just to ask like, which one of these de- defines me more? Which one of these describes me more? Um, and, and it just helps us to know like, okay, where are my desires? Because really ultimately our desires play out in the things that we do, you know, what excites me? Is it that kingdom or is it, is it the kingdom of God or is it this kingdom, um, that I live in now? Well, you know, how, how do you act? (laughs) You know, what are the things that animate you and that, that move you? And I think some of those lists are really helpful just for, for a barometer to go like, okay, where is my heart at? Which, which of these categories am I falling into more? Um, and, and how can I move towards desiring the kingdom of God? And, and again, I think that tasting of the Lord gets us there and making those decisions to go, man, I really want to be selfish here. Let me be selfless because that's kingdom of God minded. And then you find him in that and you go, wow, this is really sweet. I want to go back to that. Um, so I think some of those lists are helpful. So that was Matthew 25 again, beginning in verse 32, all the way down to like verse 45 ish. Um, yeah. and then revelation 22, 15, or again, Ephesians, Colossians has some good stuff in there. And and I think that, I think that, I mean, that that's helpful. I, th- I think that it is important to, to just make sure that a lot of, sometimes when we start reading through the Bible, you know, guilt can take over because we're feeling like we're not measuring up on that stuff. It's not, it's not about that. It's about, um, you know, it's about continuing to, to make sure that we look more and more like Jesus today, more than we did yesterday. That's, that's the goal. It, this is discipleship is a long, it's a race. It's a, it's a long marathon. Like we, you know, Paul uses race language. He uses fight. Like, you know, if I fought the good fight, I, I, you know, I finished my race. There's something about that as we go. And so perfection, you know, in the Christian life is, is not going to, we're not going to attain it. Um, so even as you read through the list and you read through Matthew 25 and all these places, the temptation could be, um, if you have a sensitive conscience to feel like, oh man, I got to, there's so many things I got to do better and I'm failing here and there. I would just say, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's about, does my heart desire the things that Jesus hearts, heart desires? And chances are, in some ways it does, and in some ways it probably doesn't, because um, you're a person like me, and that's just 
That's my experience. Um, and so it's trying to trying to grow in those things. There there might be there might be degrees by which you you know care for those that are least of these. And it's just trying to say, well, you know, let me let me see if I are there ways that my heart can grow. It's, it could be just pretty through pray prayer. You know, am I praying for people? Um, am I praying for my lost neighbors? You know, as as we're the church, we are. I think the bigger umbrella, just to remind us is just you as an individual Christian belong to this local church. This local church belongs to the, the global church. We are just one small representation and we all carry the light of Jesus, both individually and corporately as a church. And the more we look like Jesus individually, the more our church will shine like Jesus corporately. And the more every church will shine like Jesus corporately. And that's the advancement of the kingdom. You cannot bring the kingdom. You're not going to do it. Doesn't I mean? It doesn't matter. You're like you're, even if you had these the works that you were the greatest person in the world and the philanthropist and helping all the needy people or reaching all the lost. It's not about it's not about what you're doing that way necessarily. It's about are the things you're doing they they might not bear a lot of fruit. They might bear great fruit, um, but are the ways you're living your life are they Jesus like? Are you just continually growing to to be more and more like him? And then your and then your actions play themselves out that way. Because as your actions play themselves out that way, people are going to look at you and hopefully what they see is the Jesus that you worship. And um that's the advancement of the kingdom here. And then ultimately that kingdom, when Jesus comes back, there will be judgment and there will be salvation. And we pray for those things. Yeah, that's good. So let's talk about um, kind of that corporate aspect of desiring the kingdom. Um, you know, what are, because we are, again, you know, not, God doesn't save uh, people. He's saying, well, he does save people, but he's saving a people, um, a body, a bride. And so as we think about our church and just our local expression of the bride of Christ, what are some markers of a church, of a, a body of people who desire his kingdom uh, more than this kingdom? Uh, what what does it look like for a church that does that? And then, you know, what about for anchor? Just like, are there some ways that that you want to see? You know, you're the lead pastor that you want to see us grow as a church and desiring his kingdom versus this kingdom. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to answer that because there's so many. I mean, I think like we, we could, it depends on, it probably depends on what, what you're, what you're weak in and what you're really strong in to answer that first part of that question. Um, markers of a church. I think we've already talked about a lot of them, so I'm not going to belabor them. I think you can, those first couple answers would probably kind of hit at that. I, I would just one more time say, um, are the things that the church is doing, you know, are we looking like Jesus selfless, humble, um, you know, desiring to lift others up, even sometimes to our own detriment. Um, are we, are we, are we a people who is looking to not just circle the wagons and say, Hey, we're good with the, the church that we're in. Um, we gotta, you know, we're not, we don't want any more people here. Or are we welcoming and inviting people in? And because we want people to hear the gospel and are we sharing the gospel with, with our neighbors and, are we looking to serve others? Sometimes we serve others that are easy to serve. Sometimes we serve others that are more difficult to serve. But I, I, I think that that, you know, you, you as an individual are going to know where you're weak, even as maybe, as I said, some 
of those things, or as we've said, some of these things here, there are some of those that you probably cringe at and go, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or, Oh, that'd be hard to do. I mean, those are probably areas I'd say to continue to work on, but I think markers of the church are, you know, are you selfless? Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus exalting? Um, are you service minded? You know, as we're thinking, thinking through that, I think it's just an advancement of the kingdom. Are we, are we prayerful? You know, are we asking God for his kingdom to come for the, both the, the judgment of the evil in the world and then the salvation of the lost? You know, are we, are we thinking through that and trusting him in it? Um, I think that those would be some markers of the church. I, I think, uh, I'm just going to give one one way that the, that we can grow, and that's just simply in the value that I think I think in a lot of ways um, is aspirational, you know, because I don't think we'll ever be perfect here, because um, I don't think any church is. But I think we want to continue to grow in our in our relentlessly outward value. What does that look like for us um, to to carry that light out? And again, that that could be to reach the lost. It could be to serve those. Um, in need. It could be to serve one another, um, as we're thinking outward, but us individually as, a, as me, as a person, am I thinking outside of myself, uh, to reach those who are out outside of me, or am I just circling my, my wagons and just kind of being, being a, you know, an introvert in body, like here I am, I'm just going to live my life and it's all I really care about. Or am I thinking about others and am I trying to serve others? And am I trying to think through that stuff? So I think that's just a continue way that we can grow um, because we do want to be a church that's not, that's not insular, but that's <clears throat> growing in discipleship and, uh, and in, you know, bringing other people in. We talk about the disciple cycle. We want to, we want to be discipling others. We want to be discipled and we want to be making disciples. Is that something that we're doing? Like, are we continually growing in that being discipled, discipling others, making disciples, and it just keeps spinning. So I, <clears throat> I know that was kind of an overview. I feel like we, hit some of those things, um, before, but I, you know, I, I think just the, the broader view of, of, are we, are we just continuing to look like Jesus and what does that mean? You know, as we think about the kingdom coming again, a lot of this, a lot of this kingdom coming language is eschatological. It is future looking. It's outside of this place, the, this place, you know, when we asking for his kingdom to come, it's more about Lord return, come Lord Jesus, be, be come back. The the reality of the present isn't us bringing the kingdom; it's just us carrying the light that Jesus already brought, and doing that in a way that's going to be a I think hopefully winsome to the world around us. Unfortunately, um, we live in a, a time where I think a lot of a lot of Christianity is not winsome to others, and and don't don't mishear me either because this can be. People can mishear this. I'm not saying it needs to be attractive from an attractional standpoint, or we need to capitulate to other people's realities. I'm just saying we should be kind. And I think a lot of Christians are unkind, to be honest, especially in the public realm. A lot of people that get a lot of the noise and the buzz are just unkind. Um, and so Christianity takes on a weird flavor. Um, I don't, I don't love that in this time period. So I think kindness, even with truth that people don't like, but kindness goes a long way and it's Christ-like. So Tyler, those would be some, some thoughts that I have. That's good. I was meeting with a friend recently who's uh, recently became a Christian and has some just church hurt and stuff in his background. He was asking me, you know, why, what is it about anchor church? 
And, and this was before, obviously this conversation, this was a few weeks ago, but basically what I articulated to him was, you know, I, I do feel like, and this isn't just leadership. This is just the whole feel of the church is, you know, a sense of just a humble desire to see the kingdom come in our lives and to know Jesus on a deeper level. And, you know, I, I rarely get a feeling of like competition, you know, at Anchor Church. It's very much like, mm-hmm. um, let's just seek Jesus together, man. And, um, and I think that's super encouraging and, and we need to keep doing that. And um, it's going to look different. You know, we're all gonna have different strengths and weaknesses and different ways we emphasize that. And the kingdom of God is just so broad and the need is so great that, you know, that's going to look like a bunch of different things, but um, that heart of humility and just a desire to know Jesus and see his will be done in among us, I think is, is happening and, and may it happen all the more among us. That's good. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks for preaching this week and jumping on yeah. here and talking through this stuff. Yeah. And by, by the next time we, we have one of these Christmas will be over. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, hopefully we'll be able to wish you that. And um, we will be able to wish you that in person on Sunday. So I hope to see you all there Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Um, we'll have a Christmas Eve morning, I guess, <laughs> Christmas morning Eve service. So so be there normal time, uh, be, a, be a, an hour, maybe even a little less. And we're just going to be able to sing and and talk about Jesus a bit. So hopefully to see you there. That's going to be great. Wait, are we, uh, are we watching the Grinch on that Sunday morning or? I mean, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to have it going in the other room and I'm just going to put you in there. Um, <laughs> okay. so that, so, cause I feel like you really need to, you really need to hear that message about, you know, his, his heart growing three, three sizes. Um, and you know, what, what happens when, uh, God gets a hold of the Grinch's heart. That's what I used to tell my kids. He'd be like, like, but God changed his heart. This is what really works. See, I thought you were just going to sit us down for the sermon and read us the Grinch. <laughs> just open the book and be like, okay. <laughs> Although who's down in Whoville like Christmas a lot. But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. See, I see, I could, I can recite a lot of that book. I have almost all memorized. Good. No, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. And we will see you Sunday. Thank you for taking the time to join us today as we brought your Sunday into your weekday. Our hope and prayer is that you'd continue pressing into the Lord and applying the Bible to your life as you seek to honor Jesus as King. We'd encourage you to continue this conversation with God through reading the Word and praying and to continue this conversation with other Christians at your anchor huddles and your anchor communities. We look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you this Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week.